Miles, <laughs> welcome Thanks. to being with me and my daughter Annie here. And with everything that is going on, uh, I'm just looking forward to spending a few minutes with you and, and letting you share from your heart. I believe that God's got his hand upon you. I want to mention everybody uh, before we get started in prayer. Yeah that uh, you wrote this book, and it just came out. And, uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Well, okay, a year and a yeah. half, really, already? Yeah, yeah. Man. Uh, but I read it, and it's called The Third Option, Hope for a Racially Divided Nation. How prophetic was that? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so timely, and I certainly enjoyed it. I want to encourage and recommend everybody get it right now, because there's a lot of people talking about a lot of things, but especially for those who are believers, I want to encourage you to get it, to get some scriptural backing, understanding, so that you speak with wisdom and the anointing of God. So, uh, but let's let's open in prayer, shall we? Mm-hmm. Father, we come before you, and um, we recognize that in the midst of the chaos <clears throat> and the crisis uh, that we find ourselves, uh, we want to just acknowledge you as sovereign. You are king over all the earthly kings. You are Lord of all lords. And you reign. You rule. You, you rose from the dead 2,000 years ago. And we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we need your wisdom. So bless this time. Uh, anoint this conversation. Uh, as Miles shares from his heart, as we respond, as Annie shares uh, as a woman, as a mom, uh, uh, what, what her perspective is as well. So use it for your glory, uh, Lord, to help lead this conversation, which needs to happen mm-hmm. in a way that most honors and glorifies you. In Jesus' mighty, wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want to start off because we got some dark things going on. We see some things that we need to talk about. I want to start with uh, what is the hope? Let's start with, Amen. you know, where where is the hope in the midst of all this, especially believers uh, that are being challenged on all sides? And, you know, you, you and I know the Lord. We, we know uh, that Christ is here. But in your perspective, what what is the glimmer, that, you know, the silver lining? Uh, what is the... Uh, the hope that we have, mm-hmm. before we get the whole thing going, let's start with the hope. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to imagine a house is burning down, and there's a little kid out with the hose trying to put the house out. And it's a big house, so it's been burning for a long time, and he's been out there by himself. And then the house threatened another house. The fire trucks came. Mm-hmm. And the hope was the fire trucks. Um, racism has been going on a long time. Mm-hmm. I think when I uh, when I saw George kill, I think what hit me was I realized that I've been living uh, with a sense of powerlessness to white culture. And um, I was explaining this to a radio station yesterday. It never hit me this way. That I said all this time, blacks have been trying to put the fire out. And whites say, that's your problem. We're not going to help you. You can pray all you want, but we're not letting go of what we have. So um, my hope is that, and my encouragement to white people is to say something and do something. Because until white people do something, it ain't going to change. Um, because it's a power thing. 
And giving up that power is a real issue. So my hope is that what's happening now will change people's hearts to do the right thing. Just got off a meeting with my staff and talking about people asking questions and why can't we talk about abortion, all kind of stuff. It's like the house is burning. You know, you're not putting water on a house that's not on fire. So stop distracting from the issue. Another lady just died and it's, you know, it's not. So that that's the issue. That's what I hope that people with the authority to do, to make the changes that need to be made will make those changes. <clears throat> I'm going to heaven, so I got hope in Christ, but th- this is this is different. Than, this is not that. This is not, yeah. um, you know, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> when, when I learned, uh, you know, and saw what happened and, you know, this— this poor man, how he died uh, tragically, on, you know, and it just complete you, injustice, you, complete yeah, and the total complete and total sin, Satan, depravity. You, yeah, I mean it's overwhelming and it is devastating, uh, and I can't even begin to imagine. Obviously, first we think about his family and what they're dealing with and continue to deal with, and then as it erupts, and you see, wow, this is much bigger and broader on a national level and all that going up. One of the things in the midst of that, Miles, that I didn't know mm. until I started learning and reading about it is uh, he was a, he's a brother in Christ. Mm-hmm. George Floyd was a, a believer. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, and not only that, he was part of a church called Resurrection Church mm-hmm. in Houston, mm-hmm. which we just had Pentecost. And we talked about Pentecost the roots of Pentecost and, and Azusa Street Revival right he, up the road in L.A. He called me right on my way. He called right on my way when I landed in Texas. And I was going to a, a house meeting for Pentecost, leading into Pentecost, people praying and fasting into it, and for the Holy Spirit to move, for revival to come. And you said, why are you going? Why are you going there? I had no idea what you were on your way to do. You were going to go and be on, on Fox 5, right? You know, the interview. It was, it was right after our conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I just started telling him about this, this black, one-eyed mm-hmm. preacher man who got the word of the Lord. He got the burden. He saw, he saw Pentecost. He got yeah. Pentecost. And literally, in, it, it was in Houston, right? That's where he got it. <clears throat> he was in Houston, at a segregated church where, where he, he had yeah. to sit outside, they opened the door, he listened about the spirit and baptism. And he couldn't gifts. even come into the church to hear the, the church. message of Pentecost. They kept the door open for him as he sat in the back, because this is the early 1900s and segregation yeah. was rampant. Yeah, 1906 or something. I think yeah. five is, and, five. and so I just start telling you that story. I have no idea where you are going, what you're about to do, and I'm just landing there. And this meeting that we were having mm-hmm was actually going, praying for a next Azusa. I mean, a greater Azusa outpouring the Holy Spirit. And, you know, so I start telling him about how they pay it, pay it for him to go to L.A. He comes with that burden of the Lord, that message, that Pentecost of the, the reality of the kingdom and the Holy Spirit. And he, he brings it. And it says, this is one of the quotes, and I love this quote, and I looked it up to find it because I had no idea that that conversation would be so timely. And you just sat there. You were quiet listening. I'm like, Miles, are you still there? Miles. And you just said, yeah, I'm here. Keep going. I'm like, okay. And the, the, the color line 
and that outpouring of the kingdom of God manifests on the earth in that moment, like a Pentecost, real Pentecost, it says the color line was washed away by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus. And all the races came together and they saw they became one new man like the word of God talks about. Mm. And and kingdom broke out and they worshiped together. They saw each other made in the image and the likeness of God. They saw each other as one. They saw and it it was it was dealt with at the cross and it was no longer segregated. And um and then you went and you did your interview on Fox Five and I watched it and I watched your heart breaking and talking about your your father being a policeman and your son being a policeman and the injustice that was happening, what was stirring in your heart. Amazing. Yeah, I you know, I think that uh, we're in a, a new season now where I think God is taking the lid off. He's bringing the pain, you know, uh, and the hurt of racism. And, you know, one of the things that God has shown me in my journey you know, as a Christian, and then you hear, you know, the Jewish people and all the disciples are Jewish, and the Bible was written by Jews, and Jesus is the king of the Jews, and then I didn't know when I got saved. All of a sudden, I find out, wow, there's a bad history with Christians yeah. and the way we've treated Jews, and I had to apologize to Jewish people and say, I wasn't there. I didn't do that, but I apologize, and I ask your forgiveness. In, in, a, in a synagogue. In a synagogue, in actually, in Los Angeles. I mean, so, I want to say to you, and this is only, you know, this is not a one and done. This is a beginning. But I want to say to you, as your friend, as your brother in Christ, mm-hmm. uh, that I ask your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, not you just mm-hmm. personally, but I'm asking for our black family, brothers and sisters, uh, to acknowledge, to see, maybe in a do in a different way, <clears throat> that racism, that pride, and that prejudice that is wrong and ask your forgiveness and help us. You know, we need the beginning, what, what your book and, and our relationship friendship is about is the beginning of a conversation, things that we, you know, didn't talk about before that now we need to listen and learn, uh, from, you. And learn from you. Humble The ourselves. reality of it. Mm-hmm. So, so let's switch gears a little bit. I want you to talk, um, about, you know, Annie referred a little bit, but tell your, I, I want to hear from you personally, what you held inside your whole life. Now you're a pastor, preacher, mega church, ministry. Uh, but what what this has brought to the surface for you personally in this? Well, I, I share about the sense of powerlessness. I think um, my, so that, but I, I, I think my hope is that People and read that book, a lot of books, but really take take to yeah. heart our journey of learning. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a steep learning curve uh, because it's been a you know. A, 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 yeah, it, there has not been <laughs> right. a conversation. And but and I would just want to say, if for those who want to learn and go on a journey of, of listening, which we need to do. This is is like a whole book that that is biblical, scriptural, balanced, healthy, and it, and it totally you know yeah. blessed me and blew my mind. Yeah. And it's something that I think is a you know this third option because mm-hmm. I think we kind of see the world's options now, yeah. and it hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. So what you bring the third option is about bringing God mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. into the church to deal with 
the issues. Yeah, yeah, bringing God and and the Holy Spirit into relationships. Yes. Yeah, because I, I, you know, we, we live in us first them culture, so everybody has to pick one against the other, yeah. whether it be black against white or four against the police or whatever your group is against another group. Yeah. And the third option being how do we honor what we have in common? We have more similarities and differences. Um, we're all bleed red. We got lungs, brain, eyes, legs, and and most importantly, we're all made in the image of God. And so every single one of us, no matter what we've been through, no matter what our past is, we we have the ability to respond to the love of God and to share the love of God. And and so when we see people, we can choose to see them as the other. Mm-hmm. Or we can choose or those people. And, and you know, our language and the words we put on people affect how we treat them. Yeah. You know, the Bible Power, says the right? love. Well, a label, right? The Bible says that uh, you love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul is the greatest commandment and love your neighbor as yourself. But one of the reasons we as Christians who that's us for, you know, command, commandment for us to love people, we create a loophole by taking that word neighbor and changing it. Mm-hmm. And so we change it to something less than, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, a thug or a privileged person or whatever, and we dehumanize them. Therefore, I don't need to love them anymore. And, and and so we you can't love anybody outside their label above their label. If someone's ugly, you can't see pretty. If someone's dumb, you can't see smart. And so we put labels on them. We let the media give us labels. We let politicians give us labels to place on people, and we take it as fact. And then we just discard them. And now they're not in that verse anymore. Mm-hmm. But yet we still claim we're Christian. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, we have to put the label back, neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know. Good Samaritan, who's your neighbor? That guy. <laughs> George Floyd is our neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, Ahmaud Arbery is our neighbor. Trayvon Martin is your neighbor. But people didn't consider them neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a hoodie on, so he was a thug, so he was he was expendable. And uh, that is what we have to get away from where people's hearts go. You know what? Maybe when I look back on all those those incidences of people getting shot, killed, strangled, whatever, that that wasn't my problem. I'm saying me. That wasn't our problem, so we don't need to deal with that. Well, it was. Mm-hmm. And now let's go back to realize that your brothers and sisters, and even if they're not Christian, they're people that God made in his image, have been crying out and saying and to a deaf ear. So thus for them is, can I identify with my similarities with all those people that have a whole different lifestyle and look like me, they have come different neighborhood, but they're made in the image of God. You know, Matthew 25, Jesus said, the, the evidence of the people who come to heaven are the ones who love the least of these. Mm-hmm. He said, when you did it for one of those, you did it for me. Because my destiny is tied up in that person. Mm-hmm. So we need to have our destiny tied up in people that, mm-hmm. that are different than us, um, that look different than us, I should say. So that book is designed to give people tools to do that, to help to understand how mm-hmm. to see the world a little different, how to understand their blind spots and um, That's a good word right there. How mm-hmm. to see their blind spots. Yes. Yeah. How to learn about your blind yeah. spots, right? Because yeah. we all have a whole lot of them. Right. And we, you know, and you know, one of them people say they don't see color. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- that's an offensive term that people think. Well, it's a good thing. Well, not to the person who has color, who you just said you don't see. And if you don't see their color, you don't see the burden that comes with the color. That means mm-hmm. you can't love them. So you can't say you love them and you don't see color at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not willing to carry the burden, you don't love them. You just it's just lip service. Mm-hmm. And so that is that process of learning and accepting how to 
live the third option is going to be a journey. Right. Um, and the white culture is going to have a challenge because in general, and I generalized, you know, uh, it's difficult, more difficult for white people to learn from people of color. <clears throat> and so to, to receive that information and come to the point where maybe I was wrong is going to be a challenge um, because historically our voice is less than we are not as much as um, and that's going to be a challenge for the white culture and that's my prayer is that this will um, be that turning point that the Holy Spirit would be poured out Amen. and that people would you know the Holy Spirit being poured out is one thing it's really what does that what effect is going to happen? Because I can get baptized in the Holy Ghost and say, well, I ain't going over there. <laughs> and that's true. I go speak tongues over there. And so <laughs> it didn't do you any good. <laughs> so hopefully people will listen to people, learn from other people. I just did a, a, a Zoom call with the San Diego State football team, getting ready to do the Chicago Bears and the Indiana Col Indianapolis Colts. They're doing the whole team is doing the book. Hmm. And my opening statement was football's family which it is that's a slogan we have and when you guys when guys get in the room they come from everywhere but we're one family for real and we have a common cause and a common enemy and we had a we had a family talk and it was heated at times but it was like look you don't even know what your roommate's going through how many times he got pulled over how many times he got harassed and you know nothing about that and so, but they got the chance to talk. And that's what the church has to be, do, mm -hmm. you know, is be family. Well, you know, I think that um, when I think back again, because we just had Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very significant weekend. And that, where, that was where there was a conversation that began within a family that had, a, you know, also the Jewish people, uh, attitudes toward Gentiles. And Pentecost started to blow that up because there were languages, you know, mm -hmm. start, Arab language was 2,000 years ago. I'll never forget being in Israel. We, we want to bless Israel, bless the Jewish people. I met the, a guy that was, he's a Palestinian, he said, Ray, I'm a Palestinian, Israeli, Arab, Christian. I'm a minority within a minority within a minority within a minority. And he goes, you guys come, you love Jewish people, bless Israel, wave the Israeli flag. And he goes... We, we uh, you know, Palestinian Arab, Arab believers have been here since day one. Mm. We're in Acts chapter mm. two, <laughs> listed. Mm. And where, where are you guys? And I was just like, oh, my gosh, you're right. I ask your forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Your family, we got to be friends. Mm -hmm. We need to begin. So that's another journey. So there's, uh, I think that, you know, we want revival. And I think part of revival is, not a performance up here somewhere, it's a heart level like mm -hmm. what you're saying. So mm -hmm. this is as incendiary and as explosive as it is, mm -hmm. is a, I think an opportunity for us to have our hearts changed. And that's what your book mm -hmm. was about mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I love it. Yeah. And, I, and I, I thank God that he's using it yeah. mightily. Yeah. I believe that, the, that there's an exorcism happening in the United States. You know, when demons come out right before they yeah. come out, they scream. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's an exorcism of spirit of bigotry and arrogance in the United States mm -hmm. that's, that's being exorcised. Uh, and yeah. People are screaming out. The demons are screaming out. But we just have to follow through um, and, and not only pray, but act on the prayer. Right. And, and uh, really love people and take a risk mm -hmm. to love people.
the day that we, when we were going to do the Watchman Call to Prayer, uh, you know, our last that, you know, and um, I, I saw the Brazilians on their knees and, and that being that sign of just humility, mm-hmm. repentance, dependence, crying out for God. And if we are not in that moment now, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I said, you know, I, I go, Sean, I see God on this. This is the note. This is the heartbeat. And so I would, will you pray with me? Because I see Maranatha. I see Miles. Mm-hmm. Like, so we pray. And while we're praying, I saw, weirdly, Martin Luther King Jr. walking mm-hmm. across the bridge and leading mm-hmm. people behind him in peaceful protest. And I told him, I said, that was really strange. I don't know why, but that's what I saw. Go and made an appointment with my dad. Tell him he catches it right away. He's like, I'm calling Miles. Talk to you that same day. This was before Floyd. This was this was what this was the last time that the three of us were together talking. And 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 that's what I saw was MLK walking across the street. So, but it was in prayer, that position, humility, crying out, dependence, forgiveness reconciliation, but it did something. It was him walking in peace, but it was walking out, and it was him leading the crowd doing that together. And so I didn't remember that until my son and I were coming over, and he was excited to meet you. And uh, I prayed, and he prayed, and I the Holy Spirit reminded me of that. And here we are again in that same place. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, we have done a few things together uh, here locally within San Diego, and there's a lot of things that God is doing across the country. And I think, th- you know, God's got a little, he's got a flashlight on San Diego, and in many ways God is using you, especially in this hour and time, to kind of bring that out. But a while ago, we, you and I had come together to invite a bunch of guys, pastors, leaders, ministries, uh, to bring the gospel, the Jesus film, to San Diego, which was amazing. Had 250-plus churches come together and bring the Jesus DVD to everybody. And then this thing, you know, when Annie shared that with me, and I saw that video, and it pierced me. And it pierced me. I sent it to you, and you'd already seen it, but it had pierced you. And I said, man, let's do it. So we got together, and uh, we did We did an hour of prayer. We couldn't do it the way we wanted downtown uh, but we did it in our homes and all of that. And God, I believe, hears prayers. He's a prayer hearing God, prayer answering God. He's a mighty, wonder-working God. But we have been talking about doing something, again, here locally, very soon, literally bringing the various cities of San Diego City and County together, mm-hmm. some mayors, uh, the church. And we want to go now publicly uh, and and pray and humble ourselves mm-hmm. and cry out to God for our city. Could you... Just share where God, you know, yeah, I mean, where uh, this is all going. We pray San Diego, June yeah. 20th. Ironically, I wish it was today. You know? I know, I know. Uh, but there are other prayer meetings happening. There's, many. And so we just need to join in all of them yeah, and keep, yeah. keep feeding the fire. And that'll, I'm sure when that day comes, we're going to go, oh, this is why it's on this day. Yeah, probably. But there's one uh, tonight. <laughs> there's one, you know, uh, Saturday. So they, I'm sure they're going to keep popping yeah. up. And I was telling my staff, just get all those flyers and put it out to everybody, and let's keep promoting all the prayer meetings that are going to happen. Um, and and the mayors that I've been contacting, they're saying, yes, I'm in, yes, I'm in, yes, I'm in. And now they're saying, can we move it up? And I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, we got this one, we got this one. Um, but there is a hunger for God. And that's the other thing. I mean, I, I appreciate, you know, immensely the hunger for God. It just hurts to see more pain. Um, and hopefully that it'll come out the, the other side uh, positive for uh, people of color. And uh, it's just not, you know, 
it's just not society trying to survive the, the, the marches, that we actually come out with mm-hmm. some, some change and that we can all uh, get along better. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, let me ask you about, um, you know, representing people of color. And by the way, I want to say this as, you know, a white guy, so I thought, as a, and I'm reading your book, and then you're going, there really is no such thing as white, pure white, whatever. We're all a variation on the spectrum. Of brown. Of brown. <laughs> Most- that, I think, no, I'm sure. I can't tell you how that was like, oh, wow. I called Miles, I go, so I'm a color brother too. Very, very light brown. but Well, white's a color. <laughs> yeah, white. And white's white. a color. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, for real. Because the world says, the world says, white and people of color as though white is not a color yeah and and i get i get the legality of it because it is you know on documents it means something in this culture if you're white you get this if you're black you get this Mm -hmm. however in god's economy he's like look i just made different shades of brown and some of y'all can't turn brown you turn red but that's another story matter of fact white people are red brown blue you know you got you you got more colors than (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh, but yeah, you're 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 just like brown. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know why that made me feel like okay. I'm in I'm in the human family, yeah, so we got to yeah, act yeah, human, yeah. Be, let alone being Christian. But I wanted to ask you if you could um, uniquely share because there's a lot of people that are going to be watching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not only we're putting it for our church, but we're putting it out on uh, the Calvary Chapel Global Network. It's going to be you know have a wide audience, social media, etc. And from uh, your perspective, uh, as you identify a black man called of God, anointed of God to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're, you're an evangelist, yeah. you're a pastor, you're a teacher, you're a husband, a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's so many hurting people, mm-hmm. and we want to hear from you to speak a little bit on the behalf of those in our nation that are they're seeing all of this, but how how is it affecting them? And how what what do yes we we love them we want to pray for them, uh, but what you know what do you want to share? What do they want to share with us right now in the midst of all this? Well, I'll make sure I know who they and us are. So uh, <laughs> uh, um, I would say I go back to the burning house. Yeah, I'm trying to put this burnt this fire around. I can't hold my arms up anymore. Mm. You know, I'm just tired. And um, all these, I, I would say, if, us versus them, right? So if I would say for the white people, if you're really, yeah. if that's what you're saying, white people to, uh, I'm starting book clubs with some NFL teams, and I'm going to spread it out to everybody. <laughs> Just get a book and do a club and read a couple of chapters a week or whatever and mm-hmm. discuss it. But then get to a point where you could have healing. Yeah. And in that healing, there's two things going to happen. Mm-hmm. One is going to be confession. And I'm going to confess that I have, how have I dishonored people like mm-hmm. you and, and that's for everybody in the gut in mm-hmm. the club so it needs to be a diverse group how have i dishonored and i want to confess that and, and ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. and if i forgive ask god if, if i confess to god and to my man god's gonna bring healing so that's number one number two is make a commitment to listen learn and love and if people can listen mm-hmm. just listen spend time listening I, I i can't tell many times people say i have a black friend and that what they're saying is, I have one friend, so I know enough, I'm good. And it's like, okay, hi. we laugh and go, yeah, whatever. Spend time listening and learning all what you don't know about other cultures. Not that we know everything about cultures, mm. but 
we are forced to deal with everybody and you're not. And so to learn, to listen and to learn and hear about pain, hear about the stories, hear about, learn about the other people who have been killed and what their stories are, what their parents are going through, mm-hmm. what their life was like, and get context to the pain. I don't condone the looting at all. However, and some of them is just people just being bad. But there's a lot, the, the, where that all this pain coming from, why millions and millions of people are doing, there was something really bad that a lot of people were not aware of. So listen and learn and then ultimately so you can love people. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the love that has been expressed is not God's love. It's the love that's comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to get involved in that problem. And so, um, and, and it's not even, I don't want to say it's not Christian love. It's, it's American Christian love. You know, it's cultural Christian love. Um, but, you know, the Bible says that, you know, bear one another's burdens so you may fulfill the law of Christ. You can't bear a burden if you don't know it. And if you say you don't see my color, you don't know my burden, you ain't bearing it. <laughs> so all of that is just like, you know, I'll go out here and fight this by myself. So I think I think it, it's ugly. I mean, it's going it's, it's getting ugly. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. And it's doesn't feel good and we would say too bad we've been dealing with just let's come walk with me together don't let me go this my alone so i think for people to say no i'm i'm willing to go down that road that i've avoided all my life mm-hmm. and um uh because it's bad it, and and the thing about it is that from my perspective the response in culture is mixed some of the governmental authorities are saying we ain't budget mm. matter of fact we're gonna come on you harder wow. and um there's no there's no you know i don't see a sense of compassion coming from the government or a sense of understanding some police departments got white house and the government you know there's there's all these these messages that are like you know this doesn't look like it's like a standoff and that's disheartening so I pray that the Spirit of God would break that. But that's what people are looking at. People are like, you know, is this black people going, we really want something to change. And if we're not going to change, we don't know if we can just let get off the wall right now. And so I, I'm praying that God would break people's hearts on both sides so we can come together. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> that's very true. Um, I think back to George Floyd, not only as a brother in Christ, and we need to pray for him and for his family and for all. I mean, it's going to be a collective. I think they're going to have a memorial service in three different cities. For, oh, yeah. for, so it's a collective, you know, mourning. But it's also, uh, he was active in ministry. He yeah. actually was involved in uh, an outreach with other uh, uh, brothers in Christ from Resurrection Church Houston that were going into the neighborhoods and going into troubled areas and younger generations and saying, hey, you guys need to look at God. You need to find a relationship, you know, with Christ. And wow, I mean, uh, that was... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and that's true. That's true. Um, uh, and, And even if that wasn't true, yeah, yeah. You know, um, Ahmaud Aubrey was running down the street and he just got shot down. Yeah. And they kept the I video know. for t- four to 72 days and no one did anything until people <clears throat> protested. Yeah. So it's like, we're not going to say anything. The police had the video. Mm-hmm. You know, those, there's a lot of those things. And, yeah. and uh, so I think hopefully the book can help people 
peel away things they didn't know about themselves and how they saw the world and how they saw things and really be able to reevaluate some of the things in the past or we're going to repeat in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think one of the things I talk about in there is having race consultations because we see color. You can't not see color. Um, uh, and I get the sentiment when people say that, but really they're saying they they don't want to address whatever you are. Um, but having a race consultation is every time you have a conversation with somebody, even yourself in the mirror, you're having a race conversation because you know what you are. And you talk to the person according to what you see. Um, what happens when you see somebody that you don't know and you have all these assumptions in your head, which are from your social narrative? Let me explain that. Social narrative is a story that shapes how you see the world. It's what you learn from your parents, your family, your church, your neighborhood. And all that information says, here's the filter through which you understand the news, those people, those people, those people. That's your social narrative. We all have our own social narrative. There's 7 billion of them, and they're all flawed. And so when you see somebody, your social narrative informs you how you should think and how you should act and what you should say and what words you should use and posture your body. You need to suspend that and say, Holy Spirit, help me see what you see. And so instead of having a race conversation, you have a race (coughs) consultation and say, reveal yourself to me. That takes time. Yeah. takes patience. The lady in Central Park who was walking the dog, I don't know yeah. if you saw the video, yeah. she sees a black guy. Her social narrative says he's dangerous. He said, can you put your dog on a leash, which is what she was supposed to do in that area of the park. She calls the cops, says, this black guy, all I got to do is say he's a black guy and the cops will come. Because that's code for you can get him. And she's got power. And cops came. He's Harvard grad. She lost her job. But that's, if it wasn't for video... Mm-hmm. But she had she never gave him a chance yeah. to understand who he was. She just said, "This is what you are." And I was talking to a lady, a white lady, the other day. She said, "If I didn't see that video, I would have believed her." Of course, she would have. That's power. And so, a race consultation is when you see somebody. Don't you you have these instant thoughts that you can't stop because that's how our brain works. But you can you don't have to take them as fact. Mm-hmm. You just suspend them. Mm-hmm. And if you took time to get to know people. I mean, my goodness, like the people at the airport who are from different countries that I, I'm, I talk to every time I go, it's like I, I know Skycaps and every airline here in San Diego and every TSA person. And if you take a minute and ask people about their life, mm-hmm. you know, you would, you, your life would be so enriched mm-hmm. um, versus thinking, well, that's what they do. I'm over here. This is, that's them. Uh, and and dismissing people versus saying no, that person is just as important yeah. and valuable to God as me. Yeah, mm-hmm. Amen. And I think that we find an example in Jesus, who intentionally, of course, he was the King of the Jews. He came to be the fulfillment of all the Jewish prophecies. But God had promised Abraham, and through you, I will bless all the nations of the earth. So. The Jews are the chosen people, but not the only chosen people. They were the first chosen people, so God could choose everybody else who chooses Jesus Christ, right? Right, right. But we find Jesus intentionally then going over, you know, the guy crossing the the lake, crossing the lines, going intentionally to the Gentile area or the woman of Samaria. And so that's, you know, to me, that speaks about what we have an opportunity to do here and now. 
and and forge uh, relationships and friendships and say, okay, Lord, what do you what are you wanting us to do? How do we show, share your love? Not on just the surface level, but on a, on a real deep level and a friendship level. So. Relationship is, is really one of the blind spots. I have two chapters on blind spots, and <clears throat> one of them, I don't remember exactly what it is, but the, the, the illustration I use is, I think it's, I, I feel, I have a blind, a blind spot is the gap between your intent and the impact of what you do. Mm. For example, saying I, saying I don't see color, your intent is to say everyone's the same, but the impact is that you just offended somebody. Well, it depends on who they are. Some people yeah. might not be. <laughs> You don't worry about, it. but and so there's a gap between that, but you don't know it, right? And one of these blind spots is that, and I'm gonna, I'm going to paraphrase and make it up because I can't remember all of them. I feel like we are all the same. The, the, I, the illustration is, I will always have you over my house, but I'm not going to your house, hmm. and I'm going to love you by having you over my house to meet my friends and my family, but I'm not going to go to your house and your friends. And so I'm the hero. So I'm being a really good person by having your old miles. I'm a hero. I'm going to save you because you are, need me. And the, 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 the intent is I'm loving you and trying to be nice. But the impact is that you're acting like you have everything better than what I have. Mm-hmm. And, and there, so relationship is both ways. Right. Is to have relationships where, you know, let me know, let me go into your world and understand your world and not. And, and have my assumptions addressed, what I assume about your family, your friends, and your house, and how I might be treated. Um, because a lot of times relationships are one way. They're safe for one person, and the other person has to be vulnerable. Um, but I think if we have relationships, real relationships over time, uh, as the Holy Spirit teaches us about ourselves, all of ourselves in those relationships, then we can come together and then people can grow and learn. Yeah. Well, so we have. I'm going to Miles's house. <laughs> you, you just invited us over to your house. All right. Tell Debbie. Here okay. we come. Okay. Uh, well, this is, you know, this is also on another level uh, personal for us because it's my daughter, Annie, and her and her husband, Sean. You know, Sean's works at the church here, and he teaches and women's ministry and so forth. And they, uh, some years ago, adopted an African, literal African, Ugandan, now American, son that goes to our uh, Maranatha Christian High School. And so he's been wrestling through all of this. Uh, and so, Annie, I don't know if you want to say anything. Uh, no, I, I think, you know, I I didn't come on to represent that like no. i i just mm. i'm friends with you mm-hmm. yeah. and so i was excited mm-hmm. to hear and support you mm-hmm. and yeah. we just love mm-hmm. everything that you're doing you are a, a spokesman a mouthpiece for this time this generation and um you know but um you know coming home from texas and while we were you know praying and interceding we have house fires inside 
with everyone coming and talk about it was houses. We went to different houses the entire time. So I am in someone else's home and we're huddled into this tiny little house, you know, and and they're telling us their testimonies and their stories of God's redemption. And, you know, uh, here's this little baby and, and you know, he, his name is Cain because he's named after cocaine because he was born addicted mm-hmm. to cocaine. Mm-hmm. And then how this aunt takes him in. I mean, story after story. And, you know, so we house fires. I mean, God just coming and visiting uh, everything that we're talking about, everything that is supposed to be, everything that the kingdom is supposed to look like, and 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 we're we're a family, and it was all different, and we're we're exchanging, we're hearing the stories, we're taking the times, we're doing it morning, noon, and night for days, going from house to house to different house. It was amazing, all different speak, you know, people leading, moving, having a voice, not one person with a microphone, fast, it was just beautiful. It's like the Book of Acts. And then while that's happening, house fires are going, but it's the target burning down outside. It was like, you know, heaven erupting and hell coming down all at the same time, which was like the yeah. book of Acts. That is, yeah. you know, the persecuted, all of that. So we, I come home and, you know, roll right into on Monday night having a big family discussion about all these things. And that was the thing. It was like, what do I want to say as a mama's heart and being a white person of some shade of brown, according mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. what I am learning, um, you know, and and yes, not completely understanding and not having the authority to speak in the way that you can. But yet I still have something to say, too, that is a value if I'm hearing the Lord, right? You know, I, I have been called to be this this young man's mom for a reason. And so for me, it was, you know, we have had prejudice that has come where I have said, honey, you can't have your hood up because they will look at you like this. And it does not happen in my home. It does not happen in the context of our our family. This is a a different place because the Lord Jesus Christ reigns here and there is love in this house. And and, and this is is kingdom here. But there are those out there that are under, like you were talking about, demonic exorcisms going on. Everything is being shaken Mm -hmm. right now. And so I was trying to give him a long view of what this looks like. And, And ultimately, Ultimately, too, he needs to hear from men like you. Mm-hmm. We need people in his life, all mm-hmm. different. But at the same time, for me, the Lord goes, you tell him, you tell him I'm coming. You tell him the king is coming. You tell him that this isn't right, that every injustice mm-hmm. that happens, that is, that's God's son that was just murdered on the streets. Mm-hmm. And God is going to come and he will vindicate. He says, vengeance is mine. He is going to come and he will make every right, every wrong right. And he will literally rule and reign there in Jerusalem, sitting on the throne. And he will bring peace because he is the prince of peace. And until that day comes, we, we have that same spirit living inside of us, the one that rose Jesus from the dead. And we are supposed to go and be the salt and the light. We have to be the love like you're talking about. We have to start redefining things, not by like the culture. And I said, get off the phone right now. Get off the rhetoric of what we're hearing. Get off the, you know, and, and you know, I mean, there was a man at the gas station in Texas. He had his radio up real loud so everyone could hear. And it was some ranting on the radio station and about how the people have a right to go in 
and, you know, take and loot and all this stuff. And, you know, so there's so many messages going on right now. So there's, there's chaos. There's, you know, it's, it's like, we're getting hit from all different, we just got Corona, we're still in Corona. And so I'm like, we need that message to be so clear and unmuddied. And it is the hearts being changed from the inside out. The spirit of the living God taking that stony heart and literally taking it out and washed in the blood of Jesus and where the person is made new. Like it's it's a new man. It's a new way of thinking like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's a new way of seeing. So you and everything that you're talking about give the practical of walking that out. Mm-hmm. It's relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, kingdom is relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a father and a son. And he goes, you know, the bride, it's all, it's family. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that you're giving language mm-hmm. that is, is practical mm-hmm. to actually walk those mm-hmm. biblical things out that the church has hid behind and not actually done, mm-hmm. not actually been good at doing. Repent of that mm-hmm. and then start walking this thing out. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I, that's what I shared with Isaac. Good. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> okay, last, uh, I'm going to give you the last word. Um, I mean, you, and to you, pray for everybody. You can release, yeah. release yeah. prayer. Maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah. You want, you want to just close this in yeah. prayer? Right? Yeah. I would encourage people, yeah. you know, there are going to be a lot of people watching that if they just listen and, and get a little nugget from this. Okay. You know, yeah. I've, I'll just so, talk to the camera. I've, I've had five interviews today and, my heart is heavy, been crying every day. Please don't waste our time. Please don't waste this crisis. Uh, someone said, don't waste a good crisis. This is a yeah. great crisis only because it's extreme. I mean, I, I haven't seen Dr. Fauci in eight days <laughs> <laughs> because we've been inundated with this. Yeah. Um, if this doesn't change you, you're perfect. I mean, it's changing me. And so you must be Jesus. Um, but... I'm not saying you have to get the book to act on it, no. but get something that you haven't had. I heard someone the other day said, stop reading the Bible. And, and the guy really wasn't mean. Trust me. He wasn't mean. Don't read the Bible. He was telling this guy, read read stuff that is biblical that's going to help you understand what you're reading. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we just read a verse and we just, that's it. What does it really mean? And how is it really supposed to apply to my life? And, and, and I, so I say, I'm not telling you don't, don't read the Bible. What I'm telling you is to read some stuff different than what you've been reading. That's going to help you with this. Because if you're listening to the same people tell you the same thing and you're watching the same news station, you're not going to change. That's true. It's just going to reinforce what you already know. And you're just going to be trenched in division. Um, we have to um, uh, let God humble us. Let God mm-hmm. teach us. Lord, I just thank you for your faithfulness. I pray. Yes, Father. For transformation, transformation in mm-hmm. our country. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray, Holy Jesus, I pray you pour the Holy Spirit on, on our hearts that tongues of fire would burn. Mm-hmm. And as you change yes, our tongues, you would change our ears. Yes. That we would be able to hear yes. like we talk. Yeah. Amen. As you purify our words and yes. purify our heart, that you purify what we hear, what we see, how we respond. Give us strength um, to do exceedingly abundantly, to mm-hmm. love exceedingly abundantly better than we've loved, to be exceedingly abundantly more patient, more compassionate, that you would open up our eyes that we may see the unseen and that the things that we've ignored in the past that we would be right in our face 
We pray for reconciliation. We pray yes. for peace. You are the Prince of Peace. We yes. know yes. the devil yes. is the author of confusion. Yes. Mm-hmm. We pray for order and that yes. it would come in a supernatural way wow. with supernatural speed. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the peace in Minneapolis, Lord. Mm-hmm. What many might not know is that after that first night, first one or two nights, it's been peaceful every mm-hmm. night. And But yet we don't see that. We see chaos yeah. all around the country. So yeah. I pray for peace. Yes. Uh, that the peace in Minneapolis would spread throughout this country and that yes. there would be a revival in churches yes. that people would see, man, I've been ignoring this. Mm-hmm. I've been ignoring my brothers and sisters. I've been staying away from my brothers and sisters. It's time for us to unite. Yeah. Um, your love is seen most when people sacrifice on behalf of someone else and especially someone else who has nothing in common with them yeah. or they can't pay them back. Yeah. So we pray for supernatural unity yes. and love and peace in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Did Amen. you know that in Minneapolis, I spoke to a pastor there today, did a, a segment for his Sunday service. He's actually going to the to the funeral uh, Friday. I said, how has it been there? He says, after the first night, I believe he said after the first night, it's been peaceful. Where it happened. And you silence know, silence just came in this room when you, you can feel it because no one believes it. Exactly. I mean, not that I'm not just don't believe me because it's yeah. not being recorded. Like I, I was saying. like, yeah. say that again. Wow, <laughs> he said it's been calm now. I, I don't know if he said after the first or first and right. second night, but Good. he says the, relatively right soon, now. Yeah. We, we we they protest in the day and it's no issue, and then at night it's calm. And I was wow. like, whoa, wow. Um, so um, you know, that's what I pray would happen because you know. When you fight force with force, yeah, this is just going to escalate, 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 and that's what's happening, um, and that's that's what scares me because the people are going to lose, yeah, you know. So God's got to come down and 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 uh, heal our land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Miles, thank you so much for coming and sharing with us, and uh, I want to close by just saying that I loved you from the moment that you were a San Diego Charger <laughs> a football player because we love football. If I had been as big and strong and fast as you, I would have played alongside you. But anyway, you um, also have the book, The Third Option. I want to encourage people to get the book uh, because you know it's going to give you some tools and conversations. There's application points. It blew my mind, and I loved it. And it's also forwarded by another former San Diego Charger, Drew Brees. Yeah. And, and you know, they can follow me at, at Miles McPherson. I do devotionals and stuff, and I'm going to be doing something pretty much every day on right. this topic. Um, so, at Miles McPherson. Okay. Amen. Thank you, Miles. Thank Love you. you, bro. And June 20th, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray. All of San Diego. All, All of San Diego. All and of may San that ignite uh, prayer rallies all Everywhere. across this Around nation the world. in Jesus' name for such a time. As Amen. This. God bless you. God bless you.